Just before I pray, as, as I normally do, before preaching, just to, to mention that today is, is Respect to Life Sunday, and so I'll be preaching about a difficult topic, abortion. And so if, if someone has any young children and they, they would like to step out, you're welcome to do so. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Reveal to us the face of Christ. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. As I mentioned, it's Respect to Life Sunday, and before kind of getting into the specific topic, it's important for us to understand that um, for us as, as Christians, as Catholics, like respect to life is something that applies to all people in all situations in every single context, right? Because it is about respecting the human person, creating God's image and likeness. So everything that deals with people deals with respecting life. From every single issue that there is, the issue poverty, the issue of economics, the issue of immigration, um, marriage, even just conversation with each other. It involves respecting the other person, creating in God's image and likeness. But today, again, just speaking with specificity about, about abortion in and of itself, because of, because of the nature of, of what it is, um, because of the, the prevalence, it's... Um, in the last 50 years has been that we know of over 62 million just in the US pretty pretty staggering number when we think about that number as well too the truth is that it has all touched our lives in some way personally because and and, and again it's this is a a messy, hard thing, and God's mercy is just just offered completely and totally. But the studies have shown that either one in three or one in four women under the age of 45 in the U.S. have had an abortion. Right? So, so it, it is touching all of our lives in some way closely just because of, of how prevalent it is. And the first thing that I want to say about it is, is the truth of the Lord. Right? If you have had an abortion or participated or encouraged or you know someone, the Lord loves you. He loves you. And that there is not a single sin, including that one, that is greater than the mercy of God, or that is bigger than the cross. The enemy loves to lie to us. And one of the lies that he loves to tell is that there are unforgivable sins. 
There are sins that are so grave and so big that the Lord can't forgive and we're not worthy of his forgiveness. And the truth is, none of us are worthy of his forgiveness. But the Lord gives it. He gives it to us. He's the father who pursues our hearts even as we're going the other direction, right? The good shepherd who leaves the 99 in pursuit of the one. St. Paul says it this way. God proves his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Again, so if that has touched your life, it has been part of your life in some way the Lord loves you and his mercy is real. If you, you haven't come forward to receive his mercy and forgiveness, it just gently encourage you to do so in so many avenues of healing and prime one being the sacrament of reconciliation. And again, why focus on this issue? St. John Paul II put it this way. He says, above all, the common outcry, which is justly made on behalf of human rights, for example, the right to health, to home, to work, to family, to culture, and we can continue this list on and on and on. He says, it's false and illusory If the right to life, the most basic and fundamental right, and the condition for all other personal rights, like the condition for every other thing that we need to fight for vigorously, is based in this. He said it's not defended with maximum determination. And I'm going to be speaking about it today, not directly in regards to any political things. Uh, In a couple of weeks, actually, I am going to be preaching about how do we form our consciences as Catholics to engage in the political realm, right? Not, not primarily as a Republican or, or a Democrat or an Independent, but as a Catholic. How do I approach the, the, the political world, the, the culture? But again, speaking about this and the infinite nature of the Lord's mercy. One thing, and there's a study that's come out in the McGrath Institute, it says this. While this topic is in the news a lot, right, it's, it's a political football thrown back and forth, it's posted on social media, that there's a real lack of, of real conversation that people have about this issue. I don't know about you, but I don't know when the last time you had a conversation about it, but most of us don't like to have conversations about it because it's messy and hard and difficult. So most folks, right, in the U.S., like survey has said, don't engage in that. And then even there's a lack of a deeper understanding, right, because if we don't speak about something and we just see headlines, then, then it's hard to kind of understand with the reality of it because, it, again, it's, when it gets down into the nitty-gritty of our lives, it's, it's a messy, hard thing. And so for us to look at it a little bit because some people have recently had an, a few conversations who say, like, Father, it's easy for me to say, like, like objectively up here, like that abortion is wrong. Like that's, that's, that's clear. It's easy for me to say that. But like what about this situation? What about these circumstances? Like it's just, God, I know, but it's just so hard. And so I want to go a little bit of Moral Theology 101 here. Moral Theology 101. I invite you to, to check out the catechism section afterwards. But how do we understand the morality, to judge the morality of a particular human action. There are three sources of morality for what we call a human action, a willed action. First is the object, the object of an action. Now, the simple definition of the object is what the action is. Like what it is, what the act is. 
Then there is the intention. Again, the simple definition, there's more technical definitions of these, is why, why do I want to do it? What is the end that I'm looking for by doing this particular thing? And the third aspect is the circumstances, and those are easy, right? It just is a circumstance. It's like me in this place and this time and all of these things. The two that hold the most weight are the object and the intention. I want to look at these a little bit. The object, right, again, is, is the action of it. So let's take this idea or this, uh, an example of someone going to the Missionaries of Charity. If you haven't been there, the Missionaries of Charity, Mother Teresa's sisters, there's six of them just down the road from us, and they have a battered women's shelter and a soup kitchen. And so you can go, okay, hey, I want to go to serve the poor, right? That's my intention is I want to go serve the poor. But the action that I'm probably going to be doing, like the, the object of that is I'm going to be cooking and serving food. So I'm cooking and serving food is what I'm actually doing. And then the intention of it is to assist the poor. And the circumstances are like that guy, his name is Bill, and this lady's name is Jim, and I'm me, and all, all the aspects there. Now, the object, right? The object is, again, what the action is. Is it a good action or an evil action? My intention is a good intention or an evil intention. And a key thing here is that a good intention cannot make an, an act that has an evil object good. Right? I, I can have a good intention. Here's another example. I, my, uh, let's say someone has a, their grandmother. Their grandmother's still working because she needs to pay the bills and she needs her car to go to work and her car breaks. And so like, gosh, grandma, you can't afford a new car. I'm gonna get you a new car. They can buy her a new car or they can steal a car. Like I'm going, ah, I stole a car, I stole this guy's car, but I am, I'm, the intention is to give it to my grandmother so that she can go to work. I, we see, right, the, the end doesn't justify the means. So even if there's, there's a good intention, that a good intention cannot change an evil act, an evil object into a good one, particularly when it's an intrinsic evil. There's some acts that the church says that they, they are intrinsically evil, that they can never be good, no matter what the intention is. Now, the, the flip side of that is that a, an evil or a bad intention can actually change a good object, a good act, into a morally evil one. So let's take the same example of going over to the, uh, the soup kitchen again. But the reason that I'm going there is so that everybody would be like, man, Father Andrew is the coolest guy. He's so generous and kind. Man, you see the pictures of him serving the poor? Like, he is fantastic. If it's just about my ego and my pride, then I've spoiled the act of charity by my intention. Again, a good intention cannot change an evil object into a good, but a bad intention can change a, a good object into evil. And again, the circumstances, all the circumstances really do is either increase the goodness or decrease the goodness or increase of the particular action that's there. So why do, why do I say these things? Again, if we come, I, people have asked me the question like, hey, Father, I get it up there in idea land, 
that abortion is not good. But in these circumstances, man, it just it's hard, right? So let's, if we're honest with ourselves, let's take the, the scientific facts of it. Science tells us that at conception, all the chromosomes are present, that there is another human being. And the truth is, is that when a couple wants their, they want to conceive a child, there's no question. Like, boom, when did I have a baby? Well, the doctor can tell me it was that day. Oh, and I actually remember, right? And then we know, like, this is a child. And so the truth is, is that abortion, what is it? Is, is taking the life of that child. And so, again, objectively, in, in just speaking about it, the morality of the action is clear. The object of the action is clear. But what's difficult, again, for, for us sometimes when we get in the weeds of a particular situation, again, it's touched our lives in so many ways. So let's take the circumstances and let's say this. You have uh, a woman, she was in a short relationship with a guy. Let's say, right, they were both intoxicated, got pregnant. Parents are out of the situation, they've abandoned her. She's trying to work her like three jobs to stay in school. She's in school. Uh, there's a mental health issue. I mean, we can, this is just like hard, really hard, difficult situation. And we could rightfully say like, gosh, that's, that's not good, that's difficult, um, it's going to be hard for her. And, and we speak about the, the father of the, the child as well there, um, or the, and the grandparents and everyone like, hey, hey, here's hard, and we want to think about a good life for this woman, and, you know, a good life if there is a baby, and so what do we do? And yeah, it's hard. And one of the things that we need to do better as a church is, is as I've preached on this in the past, I've talked about standing in the gap. Like what we don't do good sometimes is when, we're, when somebody is in a crisis pregnancy situation and we're just like, hey, you're pregnant, abortion is killing the baby, don't do it. When somebody's in a crisis situation, that's normally not a good way to have the conversation. They don't need you to tell them that. They understand that. What someone needs, and particularly a woman in this situation, what they need, but even the father or the grandparents or friends, what they need is someone to listen to them and to love them. And to let them even honestly say, like, oh, my gosh. Like, because what happens, someone's in that situation, it's fight or flight, and fear takes over, and then reason goes out the window. And then it just feels like my life is over. Like I had in, in my life, this is not part of the plans. This is the plans. Now this is not going to happen, and that's not going to happen, and I don't know what to do, and I'm not ready to be a mother. And, like, all that is true. And as scary as all get out. And so it can feel like most of the time, right, it can feel like most of the time there is no good decision. And this is just the best of the worst decisions is to do that. And we have to be able to sit in the messiness of what people, let them process that, let them say that out loud, and, and be present to them and love them and honor them. I gave a talk on this four years ago at a, a conference in the diocese. And so standing in the gap is... You, you can YouTube it and, um, yeah, just because I speak about that more and speak about that more in depth of how we do that. And it's really important that we do, that we, we pull up our sleeves and get in the mess of it and love people tangibly, not just with words, but tangibly. How can we help? How can we assist? 
And it, but in this, they take this situation where sometimes maybe it's easy for us to be like, gosh, like normally I wouldn't say it's okay to have an abortion. But in this situation, like it seemed like there's no other way to do. And again, nobody wants to make that decision. Nobody wants to. But sometimes they feel like that's the only thing. But let's, let's take those same set of circumstances and let's say the child now is two years old. Mental health issues, poverty issues, trying to work her way through school. No one else is helping with the baby. Dad's gone. Can we say that there's an, one of the options, even a, a bad option, right, is to take the life of the two-year-old? I, I don't think that we would. But hopefully we'd step in and say, hey, how can I help? How can I help you with school? How can I help you with babysitting? How can I help, even if, if, the, if now, if the, the best thing to do is to have someone help and adopt this child, like, what can I do? How can I dive in? Even if it costs me something. And so how is that different if the child is just younger and in the mother's womb? Right, again, we need to acknowledge that, like, gosh, it's crazy and it's hard and it's difficult and it is messy. And it does feel like, it feels like a lot of times, like, here's the only thing. And it seems like, well, I'm choosing, what I'm choosing is to try to have a better life for my, my daughter who is who's now pregnant and she's not ready for it and, or, or my friend. Like, and and I'm, so I'm just helping her to have a better life. But that good intention cannot make something. And taking the life of the child, okay to do. Again, this is not to um, deny or to belittle any situation that is like really painful and really difficult. I've never um, been in it myself, but walked with a number of people who have. Um, and so again, what do we need to do? We need to be people who love, not just in words, not just say the pro-life things, but are not afraid to roll up our sleeves and, and dive in, to let people process these things and then assist them as best we can to choose life. And then even if, it, even if they don't, to not abandon them, to love them. And to, to walk with them into healing and grace and mercy. We, the church, need to do this better. And it touches all of our lives. We said what those statistics are. And so as we, we come to celebrate this Mass tonight, I want you to be praying for anyone who has experienced abortion in any form or fashion, or that they would come to know the healing mercy that only the Lord can give, that only the Lord can give. And that, that we, when, when folks around us, or maybe we're in that situation, that we can help people process what's going on and help them get help, the Women's New Life Clinic, Crisis Pregnancy Center, everything is absolutely free, counseling is free, ultrasounds are free, uh, medical visits free, like how can we help and walk along that journey? But never, right, never to say no matter how bad the circumstances are and whether it's about this issue or any other issue, you can apply the object, the intention, and the circumstances to it. To take a good intention 
and think that it can make something that's fundamentally morally wrong okay, but to dive in in the mess of it. And so we pray tonight for those graces. Come, Lord Jesus, bring your healing grace. Inform my mind of the truth and help me to be a light to those in darkness.